Hey guys, Counselor Glenn with Bridging the Gap, where we talk about bridging the generational gap as well as the wealth gap. We literally take you step by step and tell you how to bridge that gap from where you are to where you want to be uh, from the aspect of a boomer, somebody that's been there, done that, and the exer. Hope you guys enjoyed the content. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel and make sure you hit the bell notification. We want to let you know as soon as we drop something, we want you guys to get it. We want you to be first. So make sure you do those two things for us and we can't wait to drop some more content. All right, guys, we're coming at you with some some off the script, off the subject. I'm, yeah. I'm going to close my iPad and uh, no notes. What, what you got? Well, I tell you, I tell you the thing that's really been on my mind and heart that's really concerned me. You know, everybody knows about the uh, the wealth gap or disparity between blacks and whites. Okay. And I'm really concerned, Council because the last year or so COVID's been here and uh, our children really have fallen further behind. You know, you, you know, you look primarily at uh, the private schools they've been open. The and mo- many of them have been white schools, so their kids have gone. They've learned, and in the public schools, plus if our kids don't have a good home environment, though it's been only a year, our kids have fallen further behind. I've talked to some school teachers, and they, William, I'm gonna be honest with you. They say, listen, even though. It's been challenging for everybody. They said in primarily the white home, though there's one or two parents working or not working, there's organization and structure and the kids are at least learning something. Mm-hmm. They said comparable in a black household, whether it's two parents working or not working or one parent, the black kids are not plugged in. And I'm really concerned about the future of our black community because our parents, our parents have not been trained on how to be parents. And therefore our kids have lost a year academically, but potentially lost a lifetime. And then you take that and add it with the digital economy that we talked about on episode 16 of Mm -hmm. my podcast recently, you know, already the digital economy, it's primarily a white thing. It looks that way. Then you add on this COVID and our kids not learning. The gap is so large that we have to find solutions. So that's been the thing that's really troubled me the last year or so. What do you think the solutions could be? Well, I I wish I had all the answers, but I think the starting point, it starts with training parents. You know, I'm on a board here and we were meeting uh, just on Tuesday and we talked about the problem and we really thought it's really not a kid's problem. It's a parent problem. See, knowing you and CC, and I know your boys went to school throughout for yep. the most part, yep. but even if they could not have gone, you've positioned your family one that CC would have been home with them. And they'd have had a, a standard curriculum because even before they started school, they had a standard time. Correct. Or even if CC had to work a job and grandmama, somebody had to come in, there would have been an agenda because you understand the power of planning and organizing and structure. So we really believe it's a parenting thing and, and that we're looking at the possibility of doing two things. One, getting the parents trained in how to train their children. And then we're looking at another concept called intergenerational ministry of training. Well, once we get the tra- the uh, parents trained, then the kids and the parents come together and they learn together. Got it. So it, it has to be something in that field. But as parents, 
we have to step up and be there. I got it. I got it. Man, I, I feel you on that one, Thompson, but like, um, not but, but I think it is a parent issue, but at the same time, like with COVID, with job loss and yeah. just uncertainty, you know, a lot of parents are having to choose with, hey, do I go to work or do I help with online school? I agree. And not knowing, you know, what the stimulus is going to be, when yeah. it's going to come, unemployment, like that uncertainty, um, it's almost like which... Which one do you choose? Do you choose to, uh, hey, let little Johnny, whatever, yeah. you know, not necessarily be at 100% in school and, and you provide for the family, the yeah. household, or do you slack off work and hope for the best to ensure that your child, you know, goes to school and, and learns that he's supposed yeah. to, whether it's virtual in person or not. So, yeah. I mean, you think about a single parent who's normally, who's used to working while their child's in school. Yeah, gotcha. All of a sudden, you know, there's no daycare options at the height of COVID, mm-hmm. um, no school, and they still have to work either online or in person. Yeah. Like, that's a hard choice to make. It is. And I think, I think what COVID did was highlight some of the, some of the financial discrepancies or the the importance of having finances because yeah. it gives you options. It does, brother. It does. And in the black community, if you live in paycheck to play ch- paycheck, you don't have options. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't take a year off. Yes, true. Um, to help my son. Um, you know, I don't have another parent to live in the household mm-hmm. while one goes to work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's me and me alone. Or we need both of these incomes to keep everything going. Yeah. Or we've stretched ourselves in times past that, you know, we have a, uh, so much debt that yeah, it's true, man. we can't afford to take, go part-time for yeah. this short period of time. Yeah. And the lack of financial literacy along with the wealth gap, COVID just heightened that. It did. It did. But, you know, I would have thought, you know, a lot of times, and you're definitely right. I think the pr- it's sad to say, but a decision has to be made. Yep. Okay, do I am I homeless? My lights out? Am I working for the car? So I, I get probably going to work is the choice. I guess the thing that sort of saddens me is that because that parent has not been trained, has not been educated, the importance now or looking at creating a plan may not be the best plan. Or even we talk about in the black world community, mm-hmm. everybody in the black community ain't working. Yeah. You know. But being able to find a way, because again, I think with you and CC, if you all had been, or Joe and I, if we had been forced to work and our kids had to stay home, I think just because of our informal education, we'd have found a way to get, even if we couldn't afford to pay them, we'd have found a way to get them over somebody's house, nanny's house, and nanny maybe half sleeping, but give nanny a written plan to follow put them kids over there, get them instructions, and at least help them get more than what they got, even without a monetary exchange. And I think that's just because of the informal education we've gotten, whether it's reading books, seminars, or coaching. And that brings back the importance of an overall education for our people because they just simply said, I'm going to work, and you figured out, which was not the best answer, but they at least did something to keep the lights on. I agree. And to that point, I think we've lost as a community, our sense of community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we used to have, I, I think about, man, like one of my favorite movies is the Sandlot. And that has nothing to do with African-Americans, but just to think about 
how they grew up in that neighborhood. They were so tight that they played mm-hmm. baseball every day. Um, I mean, we we move around so much um, as a society now with jobs, houses, mm-hmm. nobody like, you know, it's not we won't have the story of, you know, grandma lived in this house 30, 40, 50 You're years. Right. We won't have that story because we, you know, on to the next moving, changing yeah. cities, changing jobs or upgrading. But and, and and that takes away from the sense of community because we are as close, literally in proximity, mm-hmm. um, as your generation was. Right, or right. had to be had because to be. of Jim Crow. You're right. Things of that nature. So that took away the sense of community. And at the same time, I think what played in a factor uh, as well with the sense of community is um, of the proximity. We talked about that. We talked about the the moving forward. It was another point I wanted to hit. Um, as far as sparks, I don't know if I don't know if they could have like. I mean, obviously, COVID caught everyone off guard. It did, brother. But I don't know like what plan you could have made up uh, to to combat it. If that and, makes sense. And let me just give just, just off the cuff. Uh, it it might have been a thing whereby. To find another parent that worked a different shift, possibly. I got you. Okay. Or to maybe find somebody who was on uh, what do they call it? I don't not welfare. What do they call it now? Uh, so, uh, assistance. I got you. They want public assistance, or maybe find somebody who had retired. You know, it's something. And like I said before, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. But you and I, because of our mentality, would have found at least found somebody two or three days a week to work this thing out and then would have maybe looked at our sick days and our vacation days and our personal days and somehow would have had at, at least the next 30 days, we'd have had a plan in place to give us more time to think. Cause you're all right. COVID came in and boom, next yeah. thing you know, brother, yeah. things were shutting down. And, and that's why when I think about the African-American community, um, I, I think education is critical, but when I think education, I think from a three uh, prong approach. I think there has to be a formal education. I don't mean going back, trying to get a, even a GED maybe, or trying to get a massive PhD, but at least learning the foundational things of reading and math foundational. Then there has to be an informal education. And, you know, our podcast plus other podcasts provide that and reading books right now, you're reading a book, a books, aren't you? Yep. I'm reading books now. So an informal education, learning, and then even a kingdom education in that looking at the book of life called the Bible and learning practical things to do, because if it's not practical, it's not spiritual. So I think the general answer, and it's a long-term thing, is to get our people more educated across every platform. That is key in what we have to get done, no doubt about it. Yeah, and to shout out a local organization that actually was um, on top of this a little bit, uh, Tri Basketball Academy. Uh, yeah, Jason man. Keith and his wife run it. Um, they they started uh, before schools ever opened back up. I want to say it was early in this school year okay. in 2020. Uh, they had the the like a learning center that, that you could bring your kids in, and they had computers laid out and. You know, all the social distances and everything where, you know, hey, if you got to go to work and, you know, daycares ain't open, you can bring them here. We can only take so many kids. I got gotcha. you. But we need more people in position like that. That's true. To be able to open facilities um, where we can take our kids. Because, I mean, you, you you get your your private schools and, and well-to-do mm-hmm. people, a couple phone calls and your problem right. solved. That's right. Uh, we're not always in position to be able to 
make a few calls and have the connections to make them in a checkbook to write. It's true. They can handle the situation. So we ought to be resourceful. And that's one of the things we've been good at. True, man. Is being yeah. resourceful, making something out of nothing. And <laughs> that's true. I think, honestly, today's times have forced us to be a little bit more resourceful. Like, you know, George, um, George Floyd verdict just came out. Yeah, that's true. And man, it, it was a, a sense of community mm-hmm. um, when that happened, when he was found guilty in all three charges. And I think some of those instances, I mean, are tragic, but they are forcing true. us to come together as a community yeah. where, like, you see a lot of groups on Facebook, you know, um, buying black Greensboro mm-hmm. or a lot of groups that promote, you know, keeping the money in, in the community and, you know, just sharing resources and things of that nature. I think COVID and the, the what's happening in yeah, society yeah. has yeah. forced us to get to that. And hopefully we'll stick to it. Yeah. But I, I think education is definitely an mm-hmm. answer to the mm-hmm. problem. But the just having options. True. And, you know, I know Biggie said more money, more problems, but mm-hmm. you get some options, too, with you do. money as well. You do. You, you really do. And, and I think a couple of things, too, is, you know, like we always say, money's nothing but an idea. But if I got a hundred thousand here and a man has zero, it's going and I, and I got ideas and you got ideas. But I got a hundred thousand head start. You may not catch up with me, but teaching people to think. And you are right again. You know, I, I was born late 50s and 59, but I do remember in the late 60s about the black community, the pride, the because a lot of your great civil rights leaders came up about that late 60s. Mm-hmm. The key thing was we were very black conscious. Yep. Uh, and we supported one another, we encouraged one another. And if we take that, now there's still a lot of injustices, a lot. But when we take that along with the educational opportunities that we have and some of the glass ceilings have been broken, you know, a black president, a black vice president, you got to think about 10 to 15 blacks running Fortune 500 companies and, and a few more things. You take that. If we were to come together again, we can win. I agree 100 percent. And I think we're migrating towards that. Yeah, I really do. And as long as we keep progress and keep uniting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see much that can stop us. Uh, so I, I do agree with what you said about what COVID has done yeah. for um, this generation. Unfortunately, I think the I think the lasting effects of COVID will be seen for decades. I agree. People do not realize it. Yeah, I they agree. think that it's going to be a you know back to normal once things yeah, open man. back up. But no. I think long like this will be one of the things we read about with our children or children's children mm-hmm. read about in the history books. Oh, yeah. That uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, we'll still be seeing what happened with that year of COVID, a year and a half, at, you know, now agree. going agree. on. So let's do all we can to make a difference, my friend. Yeah. Because I think we're about education. So let's get it done. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, man.